When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Mentally yours, from Ellen and Yvette. Our focus on your mentally healthy, surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. I'm Yvette, and today I'm going to be chatting to Andrew Molodinsky. He's the mental health lead for the British Medical Association. We're going to be chatting about all things to do with what's going on on the front line and also, crucially, what the government should be doing to improve mental health care long term. Thanks very much for joining me um, on Mentally Yours. Um, could you please start by telling us a bit about um, yourself and the work you do, please? Yeah, so I'm Andrew, Andrew Molodinsky, and I'm a psychiatrist in the community um for adults so that's people between 18 and 65 in Oxfordshire um and I've been doing that for about 14 years now um, and what about your work with the BMA how are you involved with them um I've been the mental health lead for the BMA consultants for three years now so I'm involved in making policy for the British Medical Association and trying to highlight issues around mental health services and mental health care to try and encourage the government, shall we say, to improve matters. What do you think the government could be doing at the moment to help support people with long-term mental health issues better? Well, there's been a very recent survey released by Rethink, one of the major mental health charities, which has uh, suggested that 80% of people with ongoing mental health problems are feeling that their mental health has deteriorated significantly during the outbreak um, for various reasons, but often because of things like relative isolation, difficulties accessing support groups and difficulties accessing appointments and stuff. There's a limit to what the government can do about that. But in general, we need to, as quickly as we can, get mental health services back up and running as they were before the pandemic, and also to significantly build 
capacity because we're very aware that although at the, until now everyone's been very focused on the sort of acute care aspects of COVID and trying to keep people alive and 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 the availability of ventilators and personal protective equipment that there will be an awful lot of people in the general community and an awful lot of frontline staff who will be presenting over the coming weeks and months with symptoms of anxiety, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder because of what we're all going through. Absolutely. Are you worried about what the long-term effects of the pandemic um, will have on people's mental health? Yes, very much so. We've got very little to go on because we've had no sort of mass trauma in the UK at least since the Second World War and things were very different then and particularly there were no mental health services in those days. Um, so we've got very little to go on, but we are already seeing a rise in people presenting with COVID-related anxiety, anxiety about catching it, anxiety about passing it on, both amongst frontline workers, but also amongst the general population. We're seeing, we know that quarantine and isolation is generally bad for people's mental health, whatever the reason for it. There's quite a lot of research from around the world about that. And also there are particular groups that we know are very vulnerable and at risk, such as children who are under the care of social services, who aren't getting their schooling, which is partly to do with school, but also partly to do with keeping an eye on them and checking they're okay and giving them some time away from a family environment that might not be very safe for them. We know that particularly women, but also some men, who are subject to domestic violence are now in a very difficult position where they're essentially contained at home with the person who's abusing them. And it's been very well publicised that there have been huge increases in presentations to domestic abuse charities and also, sadly, an apparent rise in the homicide rates in domestic incidents. Um, so there are quite a lot of things to worry about, unfortunately. Do you think the NHS will be able to cope um, in terms of supporting mentally ill people after this is over? I think that's a really difficult one. Um, I mean, what I've been doing over the last few years as the BMA lead is exposing some of the frailties in the mental health system. When people get to see uh, mental health professionals, generally speaking, they get good quality care, which they're happy with and which makes, a which makes a difference to their lives. But we do know that there is not enough care and that there are many, many people already who go without treatments that could quite easily help improve the quality of their lives and help reduce the chances of them trying to end their lives. So it's a real worry that we're moving from that quite difficult situation already with a rising suicide rate to a situation where we're highly likely to see many more presentations of staff, but also of the general population and the effects of what undoubtedly is going to be a deep recession. And we know that deep recessions are always associated throughout the world and throughout time with a significant increase in the suicide rate. So mental health services will do their best. I have no doubt about that. And we will be as ready as we can be, but we're going to need some help and quite a lot of it. One of the biggest challenges that doctors, nurses and other medical professionals um, are facing in terms of mental health at present? So in terms of mental health, I think the main things for frontline staff, including um, care home staff, obviously, who are in a very, very difficult situation at the moment, 
um, without probably the equipment they need is anxiety. And I think for many of us, it's the anxiety of catching COVID ourselves um, because we are exposed to people quite a lot, more than the general population. We're concerned about spreading it to our patients um, because certainly in other countries that are ahead of us, some of the main routes of transfer have been health workers. And we're very worried about obviously catching it and bringing it home to our families, um, some of whom may be vulnerable for other reasons. Um, and no one wants to make their children or their partners or their parents ill because of the work they do. So I think they're the main mental health issues at the moment, alongside in particularly acute areas such as accident and emergency and intensive care, the sheer emotional toll of endlessly dealing with people who are very, very sick and who sadly often can't be helped. And what about yourself? Um, what particular things have you faced personally in terms of sort of the challenges? Um, personally, for me as a community psychiatrist, it's it's been okay. My team are absolutely amazing. Um, and we're still keeping in very regular contact with all our patients, um, often by telephone, but we are seeing people and we're, we're doing lots more practical things. I've been doing shopping for patients, which is a great fun. And it's really nice to do something which feels useful. We have sadly had patients who have had COVID. Um, and one of my patients has been on a ventilator, but now is well, which is great. Um, but it's really trying to keep on top of all the people that we need to and all the new people who are now coming along for help um, to make sure that we're keeping them safe and doing as much as we possibly can in these rather weird circumstances. Yeah, it's very weird times, isn't it? Um, is there anything that you think the government can be doing at present to help support people with long-term mental health issues better? I think there's lots they could be doing. I could be talking for hours and hours um, if, if you get me going. Uh, fundamentally, the mental health system in general needs a very significant uplift in its resources. So we know that there are very long waits for lots of therapies in many parts of the country, which are completely unacceptable already, and that they're likely to get worse, unfortunately, with the increased load of people that will be coming along. Um, we know that we're very short of hospital beds or alternatives to them. So there is a terribly sad practice of people in mental health crisis being shipped around the country, often at night in secure ambulances, because there is no room. Um, so we need the government to invest significantly in mental health services. On the part of mental health services, we need to become much more flexible. And this crisis has shown that we can do that. And we need a wider part of mental health services, particularly therapy services, to become much more responsive and much more flexible to help us all together to deal with the situation that we're going to find ourselves in. That's absolutely appalling what you're saying about people being shipped around sort of at, at night, because if people are already in crisis, that's a, already a very scary time for them. And, you know, it's all very sort of, I mean, it's awful. Um. What would be sort of like the, the dream scenario if, if the government had sort of unlimited resources or <laughs> if sort of someone sort of came to you like what, what would be like, what should we do 
maybe first of all, what should we the key things to fix now and what would be like the dream scenario? Yeah, I mean, the key things to fix now, which have been identified in the long-term plan, are that we need to significantly bolster and improve our services for looking after people with what are called severe mental illnesses. So people with illnesses like severe depression, bipolar affective disorder, where someone's mood can swing from being very low to very high, and conditions like schizophrenia, where people can lose touch with reality. We know that patients in that group have a life expectancy of anything up to 20 years less than the general population, than the people living next door to them. And that's just not acceptable in a wealthy country in the 21st century. So we need to massively improve what we do for those people. We are also going to need to have some way of significantly expanding and making available much more quickly decent entry-level therapy for people who have been affected by the COVID crisis um, in terms of getting things like cognitive behavioural therapy and medical reviews for people with symptoms of trauma and persistent anxiety and worry, because at the moment, the system that we have won't serve them very well, I don't think. Do you think it's fair to say there could be a mental health crisis in the long term because of COVID? I think it's fair to say that. I think, to be honest, it's fair to say we're already in a mental health crisis and that COVID is likely just to add to that and to make it worse, unfortunately. So what should the government be doing? You mentioned the the therapy. Um, What else? So... The government has committed to some extra investment for mental health services, which is great. And we've seen good improvement in things like perinatal mental health care. So care for women, particularly who are considering childbirth, pregnant and in the first year after birth. And that's been a real area of progress in the last five years. Um, But we need to expand that across the whole of mental health care. So We need better services in schools for children and teenagers, people who are looked after by teams like mine with very severe mental illnesses. And we need some way of delivering therapy to large numbers of people in a very rapid way. And the government essentially would need to fund that. Um, But also we need to have the capacity to train more staff because even if the government were generous enough to give mental health services an unlimited check, At the moment, we wouldn't be able to spend it because we don't have enough therapists or mental health doctors or mental health nurses. We desperately need to train more and to keep more in the professions. This is probably quite a difficult question, um, and I'm sure you have lots of advice, but what advice in particular would you give to people with long-term mental health issues, like the the people that you look after, um, in regard to getting through lockdown and the current crisis? So the advice that someone like me would give to people with mental health problems going through this crisis is 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 essentially the same as the advice we would give to anybody and i think it's really important for people listening in to understand that 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 people with mental health problems are no different from anyone else and you know we can all be in that position i have been in the past um so it's general advice like reaching out for support when you need it whether that be from a general practitioner or a team like mine friends and family the very good support lines of charities like mind and rethink mental illness who are there 24 7 for you it's about getting out every day for some exercise it's about trying to keep a routine trying to keep busy 
these things are difficult for all of us. I think they're particularly difficult if people have severe mental illness and are isolated. But essentially, that is the advice. And to please, please don't be shy of getting in touch, because although the NHS is busy, we do want to hear from you and want to try and help. And we are able to. What about medical professionals who might be struggling um, a bit with anxiety, like you mentioned, or sort of any mental health issues at the moment? Are there any places they, that they can get help in particular that's specialised? Yes, there are. And, and, and doctors in particular are terribly notorious for not seeking help and for, for sort of just keeping going and hiding their problems. And, and, and we know that we have very high rates of, of mental health problems and substance misuse, partly because of some of the pressures of work. And there's a 24-hour helpline for doctors. Um, I know the Royal College of Nursing are doing very similar things. Um, so it really is just the same advice as for everybody else. Do reach out. Don't try and tough it out until you can't take any more because that, generally speaking, doesn't work and leaves you in a worse situation. So this is goodbye from mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or go to samaritans.org. If you're a medical professional and you want some more help and support, head over to the British Medical Association. Their website is www.bma.org.uk. Um, they also have a BMA helpline, which is 0300 123 1233, which is for members. Thanks very much to our producer, Juliet Nichols, and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 